0: No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. All oh, I need some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then, hello, 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 and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you back for another episode of Storytime. Today we're talking about back to school. I'm recording this in... Early September, which is always the traditional back-to-school time, some schools start in August, some schools start in September, we always started the first Wednesday after Labor Day. That was the traditional back-to-school day, and pretty much everybody that I knew, in New Jersey at least, went back to school on that first Wednesday after Labor Day. And boy, going back to school was such a stressful time because you're coming off your summer vacation. You've spent three months relaxing and now back to school. As a kid, it was horrible. Oh my God, all the fun is over. All the late nights, all the sleeping in, it was all over. It was time for school. Now, it was always difficult for us to make the transition for a number of reasons, one of which was, as you may recall from a previous episode of the podcast, vacation time in my family was always the last two weeks of August. And the last week of August always ends on the weekend where Labor Day weekend falls. So that meant we went from mid-August right up to Labor Day weekend, and then we were back home, leaving us only Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to enjoy the last remnants of summer before having to go back to school. And we always had to cram everything in those last three days, whatever last minute shopping we had to do, whatever last minute preparations we had to do. It was always those last three days before going back to school on that Wednesday. And there was always shopping, but there was not a lot of shopping. It's not like it is now. Nowadays, when I, when I was shopping for my kids when they were in school, it was a full-blown shopping trip. All kinds of clothes needed to be bought. Every school supply you could ever imagine, 94 notebooks and 112 pencils and 17 different colored pens and crayons out the wazoo. Whatever they needed, we spent weeks accumulating supplies when my kids were young. When I was young, the demands were not that steep. We had to have a couple of notebooks, a couple of pencils, an eraser, a pen. Pretty much that was it. Obviously, you needed new clothes, because kids grow, and we all were growing, and we all needed new clothes, so we always went out and shopped. And we did some of the shopping just before we went on vacation, and we would do the rest of the shopping after school started. These days, it always seems that kids need that first day of school new outfit. That was never a thing when I was a kid. Yeah, we wanted to have new clothes, clean clothes, but I do not remember a single time where I had a special first day of school outfit. It was just whatever was clean and whatever was fitting. That's what we wore the first day of school. But we did get some new clothes because we needed them. I always hated shopping for the new clothes because back in the day, we would shop at Sears or J.C. JCPenney or, in our case, a lot of times at Kmart or at Jamesway, one of the local knockoffs of Kmart. There was a store called Two Guys, another knockoff kind of department store because Sears prices and J.C. JCPenney prices were a little high for us. So we were at Kmart and two guys, and we'd get whatever we could afford. In my case, my choices were always limited because, as you probably recall, I was the fat kid growing up. So I was always shopping in the husky department, and the husky kids did not have a lot of selection. And they always had husky on them somewhere. Kids would know. Kids would know you had husky jeans. I don't know how they knew, but I had husky jeans. Not only did I have husky jeans, I had fat feet. So I didn't have Many options for shoes. My parents wanted me to have good support shoes, so I didn't get tennis shoes or sneakers or basketball shoes or whatever you want to call them. There were no Air Jordans back then, by the way. But I could only wear sneakers for gym class. I couldn't wear sneakers to school, not for the first few years of school. No, we were dressing appropriately. We had specific clothes that were school clothes, and then we had specific clothes that were after school or play clothes. That's what my mom called them. We would change out of our school clothes into our play clothes when we got home. And the school clothes were always nicer pants, nicer shirts, button-downs. You didn't wear t-shirts to school. You didn't wear sweatshirts to school. You would wear a button-down shirt and maybe a sweater. You would have a nice pair of chinos or whatever other kind of pants were, for lack of a better term, professional-looking. Jeans really weren't allowed in school when I was a kid until they changed the dress codes when I got to middle school. We had kindergarten was a separate school, first through fourth was elementary school, fifth through eighth was middle school, and then high school started at ninth grade. And we had a dress code that didn't allow jeans until fifth grade. So we always had to find nice school clothes for those first few days of school. And back in the day, I didn't like shopping because my choices were limited. I didn't like trying on clothes. I never found anything that I really, really liked. My mom and dad wound up, actually my mom, not my mom and dad, my dad didn't care. Yeah, whatever, put clothes on them, send them to school. But my mom would always wind up picking the stuff that I wore, and it was just not an enjoyable thing. Nowadays, I shop for myself, and I pick out things that I like, and I have a lot of different things in my wardrobe. But back in the day, I couldn't care less about shopping. (laughs) Whatever, mom, just please, can we pick something and go home? And all shopping was at the store. There was nothing online. You went to the store and you did your shopping. The other thing we did to prepare for school was get the school supplies, as I said. But not just the papers and the pencils and that sort of thing, but the lunchbox. When I was in elementary school, the lunchbox was the key. You had to have a cool lunchbox. Now, if you go into any antiques shop these days or you go on eBay and you search for vintage lunchboxes, those lunchboxes that are vintage, those were the lunchboxes that I grew up with. In every TV show, every cartoon... Every movie had a lunchbox, and each lunchbox had a thermos, and the lunchbox had pictures from the show or the movie or the cartoon or the comic book, and the thermos had a different scene on it. And back in the day, you would pack a lunch, and then you'd have a thermos that you would fill with milk or orange juice, always something healthy, and all of the kids would take that to school and eat their lunch out of it. Back in the day, not many schools had a hot lunch program. Those didn't come in, at least near me, until I was in elementary school. So you would always bring your lunch from home. So to do that, you needed a cool lunchbox. Now, when I was a kid, I loved Charlie Brown and I loved Snoopy. And there was this one Snoopy lunchbox that I desperately wanted to go to school with. I liked it because it wasn't the traditional square lunchbox. It kind of was shaped like Snoopy's doghouse. And I put a link to the picture up in the description to the podcast just so you can see the one that I'm talking about. I wanted that lunchbox so badly I could taste it. But lunchboxes were expensive back in the day. Now, I don't know what the price was because I wasn't buying it. My parents were buying it. And as I've said many times, we didn't have two nickels to rub together back when I was a kid. So I was lucky to have a lunchbox, much less a specialty lunchbox that looked like a doghouse as opposed to the usual rectangular lunchbox that was above and beyond for me to have a fancy lunchbox. Now, I did have a Charlie Brown lunchbox, and it was cool. It was okay. But it wasn't the cool Snoopy lunchbox. But that was my focus, man. I wanted that lunchbox. I don't know why. It wasn't any bigger or any better. It was just the thing that I fixated on. There was just something cool about the the curved top and the way the thermos fit neatly into the curved top and then your sandwich and your, your chips would fit in the box below. I just thought it was the coolest lunchbox. Yeah, the rectangular lunchbox was okay. And yeah, it had pictures of Charlie Brown and Snoopy on it. But it wasn't the Snoopy lunchbox. But for a couple of years, all I had was the Charlie Brown lunchbox. And yeah, it was a couple of years. We didn't, unlike today, I remember when my kids were in school, they would get a new backpack every year. Not that there was anything wrong with the old backpack. It's just, it's a new year, you get a new backpack. When I was a kid, you had a lunchbox. If it was still working, you used it year to year. That was the rule for me. That was the rule for my siblings. We didn't waste things. We didn't throw things away. If it was still working, you used it. So my Charlie Brown lunchbox was still working, so I used it for year after year. Until the fifth grade. I don't remember the circumstances. I wish that I did. I don't remember why or how my dad brought home that Snoopy lunchbox that I wanted just before fifth grade started. But it was glorious. The yellow lunchbox, the thermos that fit perfectly, the little clip that you could snap into place to hold the thermos in the top of the lunchbox. All of the little details stuck in my head and I was delighted to finally get it. I don't know if he got it on sale. I don't know if he got it at a garage sale. I don't know if he got it at an auction. But somehow or other, my dad came home with that Snoopy lunchbox. And I was in my glory because I finally got my Snoopy lunchbox. Awesome. The only downside to getting it at the beginning of fifth grade was, as I said, fifth grade was middle school. And somehow or other, All of the kids learned, or knew, that when you transition from 4th grade elementary school to 5th grade middle school, you no longer used a lunchbox. So here I am on the first day of 5th grade, fat, dumb, and happy, carrying my treasured Snoopy lunchbox, and all of the other kids are bringing lunch in brown paper bags. And you know kids, all of the other kids with their brown paper bags were the cool kids. I was the little baby with the Charlie Brown lunchbox. And back in those days, I actually did care what people think. Nowadays, I'd carry my Snoopy lunchbox every day. But back then, I succumbed to the peer pressure. I used my Snoopy lunchbox for maybe three or four days of that fifth grade year. And then I said, Mom, we have to get some brown bags because I'm not taking this lunchbox to school anymore. And brown bags were cheap. You could get a hundred for like a nickel. So my mom was more than happy to use the brown bags for lunch and my poor Snoopy lunchbox was relegated to the shelves in the basement. But I had three glorious days of using my Snoopy lunchbox. I loved it. The rest of the school supplies that we got, the basic notebooks and the pencils and the papers and that sort of thing, you would get that at Kmart or wherever they were selling things cheaply. They didn't have a Staples or an Office Depot or any specialty stores. All of the stores would have the back-to-school section with stacks and stacks of spiral notebooks, stacks and stacks of loose-leaf binders, and that's where you would get your school supplies. Now, towards the end of my academic career, at least at the high school level, a company came out with the Trapper Keeper. Now, the Trapper Keeper was cool, and the little kid in me wanted to get a Trapper Keeper. The Trapper Keeper, for those who don't know, it's a folder. It's like a three-ring binder, but it has a flap that closes over it, and inside it, you can put other little portfolios that had slots in them for your papers, your notes, your assignments, and room to put other papers like homework assignments and that sort of thing. And then you would close the lid and either snap it shut, or in the later versions, Velcro it shut. And the outside of the Trapper Keeper had cool pictures or cool designs, and they were an awesome thing for kids. Just slip all your papers in there, slap it shut, you never lost anything. But the Trapper Keeper came out way too late for me to be able to use it. Cool high school kids don't need Trapper Keepers we're in high school. We're cool. We don't need anything with cute designs on it. We use loose-leaf binders. We carry spiral notebooks. So I never got to take advantage of the cool trapper keeper. So we've got all our school supplies together. We've got our clothes. We've got our lunch pack. We've got everything to go. But before school started, we always had to talk about transitioning from summer to school. Mom and dad would always make it clear, all right now, you've got to get back on a school schedule. Because you know you had the late hours in the summertime. Your bedtime is going to be 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever year it was. When I was younger, it was 9 o'clock. I slowly graduated to 9.30, then 10 o'clock. But making that transition, it was always made clear there would be no exceptions. You'll be in bed at 9 o'clock. And we always dreaded that transition. And then the homework schedule, too. We had to make sure you'll do your homework as soon as you get home. Okay, Mom, yeah, that's what we'll do. You won't have any privileges until you get that homework done. Okay, Mom, yeah, whatever. And we always swore we would do it. Homework right after school, yep. Well, homework after school, except, you know, Mom, can I have a snack before I do my homework? Well, okay. Okay, Mom, I'll do my homework right after this show is over. Because Bugs Bunny was on right after school. So you'd sit down with your snack and you'd have Bugs Bunny on. And then the Adams family would start. Okay, time to do your homework. All right, Mom, but this is a great episode. Can I just watch this episode before? And Mom was always kind of an enabler. <laughs> She wouldn't really come down on us too hard if we were watching a show. All right, but after the show is over, you've got to go do your homework. Okay, Mom, yeah, we'll do it. But then after the Adams family, the Munsters would come on. You said you were going to do your homework. Yeah, but Mom, this is a great episode too. Well, all right, but that homework better be done before dinner. Yeah, it never got done before dinner. We swore up and down we would have it done before dinner, but homework always waited till after dinner. It was just the way it was. That afternoon stretch from like 3 o'clock till 6 o'clock, that was always snack time, cartoon time, and watch a little TV time. We'd finally settle down for homework around 7 o'clock. We'd get the homework done between 7 and 8, 7 and 9, however long it took. Unless there was a really good show on. (laughs) Then we would somehow manage to finagle a little extra time to watch the good show and then go finish our homework. It always got done, but it was always a constant battle. But in order to get the homework, of course we had to go to school. And one of the things that happened while we were away on vacation is the school would send out your packet of information for the year. And the packet of information contained all the forms you had to fill out, permission slips, classroom assignments, and of course, the bus stop assignment. And it was mailed to you. Oddly enough, they also published it in the newspaper for whatever reason probably so people could make sure that they get it. I never knew why, but I remember vividly looking up our bus assignments in the newspaper when we got home. Now, back in the day, school buses, of course, made the rounds and they went through your town and they stopped at various places. But when I was in school, there was basically a community bus stop. Each neighborhood would have a bus stop and you would be assigned to whatever stop was closest to you. So you would walk down your driveway and walk up the street or down the street and go to the corner where you were supposed to pick up the bus. Now, that walk could be a quarter of a mile. It could be half a mile. However long it was, whatever corner they designated you to go to, that's the corner you would go to. So you always had to leave time in the morning to get dressed, have your breakfast, and walking time to the bus stop. By the way, my parents didn't drive us to the bus stop. We would walk down the driveway walk up the street or down the street, depending on which corner we were supposed to go to, along with all the other kids, and we'd wait for the bus at the designated corner. Somewhere along the line, parents decided they had to drive their kids to bus stops. I don't know when that happened. Maybe it's because the perception is that society has changed so much that kids can't walk safely from home to the bus stop anymore. And I guess there's some validity to that, and I understand the concern. When my kids were in school and taking the bus, the bus stop was visible from the house so you could keep an eye on the kids while they were at the bus stop and you could watch them walk from the house to the bus stop, but they still had to walk to the bus stop too. Nowadays, as I'm driving to work now, every kid has their own bus stop, which is amazing to me. And I'm not just talking kids who are a couple of miles apart. I am on some roads nowadays where the bus will stop at a house, pick up a kid, drive to the next house, which is 100 feet down the road, stop there, pick up the next kid, drive another 100 feet, stop there, and pick up the next kid, which astounds me for a number of reasons, not the least of which it screws up my morning commute if I get stuck behind that school bus. But these are all kids in the same neighborhood, literally within a quarter of a mile of each other. In my day, there would be one bus stop for those three kids to go stand at and wait for the bus. Nowadays, they each get their own bus stop. I don't get that. Not only that, when I was a kid, part of the school shopping was getting a raincoat. You always had to have a raincoat for those rainy days where you'd be standing at the bus stop waiting for the bus. I hated those yellow slickers. That's all there was back in the day. Yellow slickers. I hated those coats. They were hot. They were ugly. You'd put that on. It was like putting on saran wrap, and you would just sweat your butt off. The but yeah, it would keep you dry on the inside, but you'd be so sweaty underneath it, it was horrible. But that's what we did. If it was raining outside, no matter how hard it was raining, we put on a raincoat, we put on a hat, and we wait for the bus. Nowadays, the parents who have a bus stop at the end of their driveway hop in the car, drive their kids to the end of the driveway and have them sit in the car waiting for the bus. I understand wanting to protect your kids, but boy, that's, that's a step too far, in my opinion. The kids aren't going to melt. It's not like we're raising a whole bunch of wicked witches of the West who are going to disappear if we get them wet. Get a raincoat, throw an umbrella in their hand if you really need to, and send them out to the bus stop. Nowadays, with my kids out of school, my feelings on back-to-school time are very, very different. I have a totally different perspective now. Back to school time for me means my morning commute is going back to crap. What it means is the school buses are back on the road. The kids driving to school are back on the road. The teachers driving to school are back on the road. Summer times, the commutes to work are so nice on the East Coast. There's no traffic. You can get to work. It shaves 15 to 20 minutes off of every commute that I have when I'm commuting from June to September. But once school starts... And all the buses are on the road, all the kids are on the road, all the teachers are on the road. You have to plan alternate routes. You have to time things perfectly so you don't get stuck behind a school bus because otherwise you can add another 20 minutes on top of the 20 minutes you have to add for all the traffic. Yeah, I don't like back to school now for very different reasons than when I was a kid. The one good thing about back-to-school time, though, is that it is the signal to the transition from summer to fall. Now, I love summer. Summer's my favorite season, but I also love fall. There's something about fall, the scents of fall, the colors of fall, the foods of fall. There's everything good about the fall to be happy about whether it's putting on that sweater that you love or that hoodie that you love or going out and having apple cider at the apple farm or picking apples or going for tractor rides or carving pumpkins i love everything about the fall so i don't mind the fall i always did mind going back to school and i do mind back to school because well traffic but i can accept the back to school problems because i do get the fall and i do enjoy fall anyway that's going to do it for this episode of story time thanks so much for listening. As always, I appreciate your support. I appreciate the time that you take listening to my stories and sharing my memories. It does mean the world to me and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, you take care of yourselves and I'll see you when I see you.